Welcome back to Grindstone Adventures. This is episode 22, and today I got with me in person for the second in-person podcast ever. My best friend and dipshit, Zach. He's also a teammate, a team member of uh, Grindstone. Um, we're sitting up at his house right now. We're sweating our dicks in the ground because it's hot as hell. And drinking some beer, so this will be a not as long of a podcast, and it's not going to be anything like informational or looking forward to this this coming season per se. But it'll be some stuff we talk about. His buck, uh, he killed a couple years ago. Um, he, he kills some pretty good deer every every now and again. So and he seems to always do it with a bow too. So with that, we'll bring him on here. What's up, Peckerhead? Not too much. You see it. Sitting here relaxing. Gotta work tomorrow. Work, work every day. Yeah, that sucks. About all it is anymore. Wouldn't change it for nothing, dude. Got a good family. This shit takes off. We ain't gonna ever have to work. We just go hunting for a living. That'd be the dream, wouldn't it? That's my dream, anyways, yeah. After yep. sitting in that blind tonight, that was all I could think about, dude. Watching that bobcat smoke a groundhog and then seeing all these deer come within 30 yards and it's August 17th. I wish I had my bow and I wish it was September 24th. Yep, my oldest just turned two today. I've never, I've never even seen a bobcat in person. Dude, it's wild. They're a lot smaller than what you think. They're oh, yeah, quick though. They're super quick. Like I thought about getting out of the blind and going looking at it, but I was like, a sucker might attack me. It'd be a bad day for it if it did, but I definitely wouldn't come out clean. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, I went down to a field and did some field watching today. Took some pictures and some videos and whatnot. Um, out of blind, I set up last, or about two weeks, three weeks ago, something like that. Seen a bobcat come up, sneak attack, and take a groundhog and... They fought for about three and a half, four minutes, and the groundhog kind of put a whooping on that bobcat for a little bit, and then it, he ultimately lost. But there's a doe within five yards of that that uh, she just stood there, and she st stamped her feet and blew at the bobcat, and the bobcat just didn't give two shits. Just went about his business trying to get his ass kicked and eat a groundhog. Um, and then later on the night saw a unibuck, He's got two points on one side and the other side it looks like he's either doesn't have a horn growing up or he's got a little club growing down next to his eye or he broke his horn off and it's just velvet hanging over his eye. And then right at dark I've seen two more bucks. Well, i only seen one for sure buck. No idea how many points were on him. He was younger. And then I've seen a deer's body that was just so massive it couldn't have been a doe. Um, but it was right at dusk and binos, so it was hard to tell. But I did see about six or seven does and that bobcat and a groundhog. So a pretty eventful night. I don't know what he did, but that, that's what I did tonight. Well, we went to Philly, went to the park. Then after we went to the park, I went and grabbed some new arrows from Northeast Outdoors. Greg helped me out. Thanks, Greg. And uh, come back home, shot a little bit. You went out scouting. I just went and played with my boy a little bit, ate some dinner. 
And I ended up putting him to bed, now we're here. Yep. So, like I said, Zach shoots some pretty good deer. He, Him and his dad have always been able to get on some good deer every bow season or every couple bow seasons. Um, so last year, uh, I believe it was your dad first, got a nice, what was it, 10 point? I think eight, it was an eight. eight. Was yeah. it an eight? His dad got a nice, nice wide eight point, um, good buck. Wasn't you know massive body or nothing, but it was right. It was probably early, late October, uh, maybe mid October. He didn't get him too, too close to rut. And then uh, was it mid rut? You shot your buck. Yeah, it was November fourteenth. Yeah, so mid rut. Zach shot up. Was it ten or no? He was eight too. Eight. So we all shot technical eight points this year. Or yeah, last I'd year. say yours was a mainframe eight. Yeah, mine was a mainframe eight with a kicker. Or split brow time. But so Zach shot his mid rut. Um, his deer it was an old deer, probably six or seven years old, probably starting to come downhill because his points weren't real tall, but that sucker was at least twenty two to twenty four inches wide. He, 22 and a half. Was he 22 and a half? Yeah, he, yeah. he was wide. He was a pain in the ass to drag out. He was heavy. Um, he stunk pretty bad. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. But, yeah, so Zach, his dad, and me, we we all got some good bucks last year. Um, Zach's buck, like I said, he was old. It was a good buck to get out of the property. And I bet he, he's probably not the, probably not the, most tender buck you've ever eaten. I mean, I don't know. Deer is deer to me. I, I the most tender deer I've ever eaten, obviously, is about a yearling that I accidentally shot. But yeah, I've been there too. Most of my other deer have been bigger does or bucks. They're they're kind of about the same to me. I haven't had any issues with you know a big rut or a big rutting buck being very gamey or yeah. anything like that and you want to you know be real clean when you're getting in skin right keep that stuff off the meat but also we at the same time our meat and then if you know how to cook it correctly you won't have that problem yeah and if the temperature's right you want to hang it for a week or two yes that'll allow the meat to break down and uh That'll allow for a lot more tender meat too, rather than just actually fresh kill. Be a lot easier to butcher too. Oh yeah, it's a lot easier. Like my deer was not the most easiest thing to butcher, but I shot mine October fourth, and it was seventy-five degrees outside. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no time to let them hang. I had to quarter them and get them on ice immediately. And I could take, I could tell the difference when I ate them too, compared to deer I've eaten in the past that got to hang for a little while and then I butchered. The most easiest. He was chewy. <laughs> the only part of him that hasn't been chewy so far is his heart but he was chewy I mean he still tasted like deer so I mean his deer his back straps were pretty good those you know you cook those right it doesn't matter how long they sit or how old the deer is those aren't going to be chewy if you cook them right so his back straps and his tenderloins were good the burger the roast is chewy but it's not bad I butterflied one once and then I basted it with butter and stuffed it with butterflied cheddar cheese what? A roast, a all backstrap, oh, and then and I wrapped it in bacon. And did you cut it in half and then butterfly top. it, or did you butterfly the whole thing? I cut it in half. Okay, I was gonna say that that's an awful long butterfly. And then, and then I grilled it. It turned out pretty good. Did I eat any of that, or did you? 
decided to do that when I was gone. It was three or four years ago. You were probably in college. Could have called me. You're three hours <laughs> south. I was not three hours south in college. I was an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, not three yet. Probably two. No, an hour and a half. It's like an hour and a half from <clears throat> Skingham's University to here. Uh, I've gotten pretty good at that drive. But uh, I know what you just said. You just said, I don't have any gas money. That's probably because I spent it on beer. That's <laughs> <laughs> what, what you do, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, Zach's killed some pretty big deer in his life, as his, his dad. But uh, Mike's not on this podcast. And if Mike ever does decide he want, he's okay with doing this podcast, we probably won't be talking about deer hunting. Talking about fishing. We'll, be pro- we'll probably be talking about fishing and bass fishing. His dad is the best fisherman I've ever met. At one point in time, I, I don't, you know, I might be wrong saying this. Zach can correct me if he knows or if Mike ever comes on here, he can correct it. My understanding was Mike qualified for the Bassmasters Pro Series and for other reasons decided not to do it, but had decided to be on there. He was on Costa Pro Series for a while or FLW, I think it was. Costa, it's FLW Costa Series. Okay, so same thing. And yeah, I'm pretty sure he qualified for the elites, but it's big money oh it's yeah like, it was big money tournament entries a lot of are, traveling and at the that tournament time, entries alone are probably like ten thousand dollars a piece yeah and at that time traveling. you were finishing up high school and nate was getting ready to start high school right uh, i don't remember if it was like i think it was right out of high school so he i i just know he decided he was going to take but my more sister time graduated be, the year after right so one of us was finishing high school and he, he wanted to be around more to see you guys finish school and mm-hmm. be there for Nate and his wrestling and you and your whatever, if you were still in high school, your wrestling and oh, yeah. us dicking off in soccer season. I remember, well, actually, he did fish the coast as in when I was in high school because I remember senior night when we was uh, in soccer, mm-hmm. he flew from either Tennessee or Virginia home. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, to be there, which was pretty cool. I remember a whole lot about saying that. back. I know we got our asses kicked and we got rained on. That's about all I remember. too many concussions to remember much from then. <laughs> Only had four since then. Yeah. We'll go with that. Four recorded. Uh, but, yeah, so if we ever get Mike on here, it'll be a fishing episode. Um, Mike's a pretty cool guy. He's fun to have around. We took him out to a bow shoot, what, two weeks ago? <laughs> and he may have suffered a little bit more than the rest of us, but we all suffered because we were all out of shape and it was hot. Uh-huh. We didn't really shoot that great. Um, Jen, a uh, friend of mine who I've been talking to, she, she shot better than most of us. And it was the first time she picked her bow up in five years. So, And if that says anything, I've been shooting religiously for the last two years and still haven't gotten it down pat yet. And shot 50%, lost two arrows, broke another one, and shot like crap. I'm going to say her arrows were better set up. Mine, I didn't shoot terrible. She bought, She just bought lighter arrows, too. Okay, that's good. But I didn't shoot terrible for the arrows that I had. My arrows were kicking. What'd you have? I never... What? What'd you have? My Carbon Express, they were 350s. Oh, they were 350s. Okay, and you just bought uh, gold 400s. tip 400s? Mm-hmm. And these shoot 
they shoot a lot straighter. Yeah, I'm probably not I'm going to say my other arrows, it wasn't, I don't think it was the grain. I think it was the straightness of the arrow. They were probably cheaper arrows. I got them at either Dick's or Cabela's, I can't remember. Yeah, I can tell you this, I'm done buying gold <clears throat> tips already. They all break the same, so I'm just going to get the Carbon Express ones I have cut down to the right length. and Once those break, then I'll probably try another brand, maybe Victory. Yeah. Or I'll just go to aluminum altogether. My tat was just a bad arrow. I don't know. I mean, it skinned some of the carbon off top, and then it just broke right there. Mm -hmm. Jake told me, he's like, yeah, they all break the same, don't they? I was like... Yeah, yeah they, do. they do. I mean, the ones I just got weren't that expensive. It was 50 some bucks for a half a dozen. Mine were $67 for a half a dozen. Yeah, so you, you could get with something like I got it. They're Hunter XTs. I should have went with those ones. They were cheaper, but I went with the gold tip Valkyries. Yeah, you weren't home. But yeah, if you go out to Northeast, they'll set you up. Well, Cabela's had this thing going on and because I was working in Cincinnati I was going to go to Bass Pro anyways which was 20 minutes up the road and then Jen said she'd meet me in Columbus so I met her there but Cabela's Columbus has is this two hours from Cincinnati ain't it? it was about two hours there and it was about an hour and a half but by the time I was on the road and stuff she had, she wasn't even on the road when I was on the road so we met there like literally she got there I got there like that so it worked out and then we went to dinner afterwards but uh, we Cabela's has this thing, if you buy arrows from them, they cut them down for free. And put inserts in them for free, which, as we learned today, their insert glue is dog shit. Oh, yeah. I, it didn't even it didn't even mold to the arrow. I, mean, I, I took a razor blade and peeled it right off. I didn't, I didn't even chip it, the razor blade. I shouldn't be able to peel that with my fingers. We just used some super glue. That'll work. I do know I need to get the... the t the knocks out and get some luminox in there, but I gotta buy them first. Yeah, but I'd, uh, I'd even wait till deer season, anyhow. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna wait till deer season because the way I've been breaking those arrows, I'm gonna have to buy some more, anyways. Well, as long as you don't break the knock, you can replace it, but they're just too expensive to be target shooting with. Yeah, I mean, problem is, I don't have the same spine arrows at all, except for those ones. Everything else is three fifty or up. Yeah. Which I mean, I did not recite my bow from three fifty spine to three forty spine. So, but I do need to get more arrows cut down so I can practice with them. But uh, that's another topic for another day that you and me and Jake could sit here and and Steve could shoot, sit here and shoot the shit about bows and hunting and whatnot all day, mm. and drink some beer while doing it. Man, I'd love. I haven't seen Jake messed up on some beer and some. Sometime that'd be funny to see again. Yeah. But uh, so I've mentioned this several times on the podcast. My buck scored about one forty nine and seven eighths, and I've just been calling it one fifty even. He's a mainframe eight point with a split brow time, making him a nine point, and he's like twenty or twenty two inches inside to inside. His tallest beam is his G two on his left side, I believe. And it was 17 inches, I think. No, not 17. 12. 12. That's that's how that's I thought. I don't. I don't remember the numbers exactly. Um, but that that these are all gross numbers and rough estimates. No one officially has scored him because I don't give a shit about his official score. I like what he was on the hoof, and that's it. And it's just a rough number I can give people to, you know, base the size of him. 
So, that being said, I shot a 150 class 8 point mainframe. 9 point, okay. So that's a pretty big fucking 8 point buck. Normal 8 point yeah. bucks, you're looking 130, 140. And yeah. that's, a big, that's a big one too. Even with my buck being 22 and a half inches inside spread, he doesn't have a whole lot of height on his tines. He's probably he doesn't have like a whole lot of mass. Somewhere in there. Uh, I was thinking... Oh, you don't think you're, oh, okay. I was going to say you're not even going to get the 120 in your mind. Because his, his main beams are pretty long, too. They come yeah. out and around. What kind of masses you got? I don't even remember because, you know, you still haven't gotten yours back, and I got mine back two months. It wasn't real massive. He was coming downhill. Mm-hmm. He, he's an older deer. He was coming downhill, probably. Yeah, you could see it. But uh, my point is, I'm getting at is I shot a my first good monster buck last year scored 150 roughly zach what was it we were seniors in high school just out of high school no it was 2017 so two years after graduating high school zach went and put the smack down while he was supposed to be clocked in at work on a deer uh, across from his dad's barn and that one of their pasture hayfields and that sucker was a monster. I don't like. I, I don't even remember what how many points he was or how big he was, but I'll I'll let Zach explain that. He, he's a he's a pig. Well, he's an eleven point mainframe ten. His G two has a has a kicker on it. It's doubled, kind of like a mule deer. Okay. And his G two on it. That's on his left side. His G two on his right side had a little nub like it was starting to but it wasn't near enough to be counted as anything uh pretty sure his g2s were 11 or 11 and a half inches throwing that area his brows weren't very impressive they were three and a half maybe four he's got some good mass but uh he did our buddy grossed him at 157 Taxidermist grossed him at 154. That's all we care about is gross. So we don't around, give a shit about net score. Yeah, nets are for fishing. Mm-hmm. So he's around that mid-150s, upper 150s area. I would like to get him officially scored, though, because he could possibly make the Ohio Big Buck record book. And not just 150? Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you get invited to their banquet every year or something like that uh i think it's just like a yearly membership fee okay but <clears throat> see I'm that would be cool to be a part of you know i did i don't think my buck's big enough to get into it and i shot it with a crossbow so i'm already eliminated yeah. um but i don't i don't have anything on camera to even get me close this year not a single one not yet but you never know you always got them ones that you know during the rut that they just show just up. Come from somewhere else. No, I am gonna be able to. This and I am gonna be checking my cameras. The three cameras that I can check tomorrow. So we'll see what's new. But. Uh, That's the nice thing about cell cams. I only got one of those. <laughs> you have it in. Yeah, it's up. It's running right now. Uh, I've got a one thirties class eight point on it. That's the only shooter I've got. I would, here in the next couple months, you start seeing scrapes, 
start putting on a scrape. Well, that check probably, out what's hitting that scrape. You know as well as I do the property. I can only put that cell cam in certain places on that property. You know that as well as I do. It oh, you think I get stolen? No, there's just no service. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got a. I mean, the antenna on them's pretty good. I got a fawn on camera this morning at 9 a.m. We don't have ours out yet. You guys run different cell cams than I do, right? Um, you guys run yeah. Cutback? Yeah, we got the Cuddy Link. Cuddy Link. My dad bought those. He got the package, like five of them. Mm -hmm. And then I think he went and got like eight more or something like that for 700 bucks. Got a pretty good deal on it. You want to share some? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, we all we hunt properties right next to each other. The thing with the so. Cuddy Link, though, you got to have the main camera to link to the other cameras because they basically send it to the main camera and the main camera sends it out to your phones. Does that require more cell phone service? Do you know? No, that's still just like one line. Mm. As long as you got sky reaching the antenna, I guess you're okay. good to go, which I think there's enough service down in that valley that you'd be fine because you know where the food plot is, right? Yeah. Well, we have, we've always had the main camera. I've on always the food had plot. service over there, but as soon as I get close to where I hunt, I tend to leave service. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you remember where I shot my buck and where I had that camera last year, right? Mm -hmm. Moultrie camera that wasn't a cell cam. Yeah. I tried to place this Moultrie cell cam right there. No service. <laughs> I did not even try and take it back up into where I've been moving camera scouting, trying to find, uh, hone in on where they're traveling to and from. But I took it up on the hillside, you know, you know the pipeline, just beyond the pipeline, that little split tree line before it opens into a field that's thicker and shit again. Yeah. Of just weeds. Mm -hmm. I put it back there and that's where it's got service. It's got full full bars up there. Mm -hmm. I know I when see. I check cameras tomorrow I gotta take a lot of dub ways with me because they need at least two of them need dub ways. My cell cam I believe is like seventy or eighty percent battery. I'd leave that one. That one is not my concern. Um it's at seventy percent battery and only used two percent of the SD card in it. But the other ones, yeah. I know last time I checked it, it had half a life of battery. That was the one with the bobcat right in front of it. I hope it didn't die, so I got those pictures of the bobcat on it. Well, if it had half a battery life, you'd be surprised. Well, what was it? Two weeks ago I was home, or was it three weeks ago I was home last? Hell, I don't know. It was not last weekend, the weekend before I was home, and I checked them. Yeah. So, half a life of battery, double A's, it should have, it might be dying this weekend, depending on the amount of pictures it's been getting. It might last another week. But I'm going to go change the batteries in that one, the Moultrie that's not a cell cam, and then the other one I changed the batteries in already. Yeah. But, yeah. I wouldn't mind to get a camera out here. My brother said he's seen a monster out here. That it was real wide, real you know tall. What you need to do? You know where that Let's double ladder? Let's put a food plot in down here this year. Mm -hmm. I'll supply the food plot. I already have it. Okay. I got the tiller. So all we gotta do is you just gotta listen to me on how it goes in. 
Okay. And then we're going to video the prop. We're going to take I got pictures. Some fertilizer before. too. We're going to take pictures before, during, after. You're going to film your hunts and show the proof in the pudding. Okay. Because if it works and the pictures on my one camera work and mm -hmm. then I put a food plot in and it works, guess what we're, this company's going to try and do? I've already been in contact with them. You're going to be getting rid of your lucky buck. We're going to get some minerals. We're going to be going through big time. That'd be pretty cool. That would be awesome. I've already talked to big time. I've already talked to a couple reps. So, which they told me what requirements they, they need to and be, even be considered to be in their sponsorship. But, uh -huh. you know, we would have to do shit on social media, promote them, you know, post pictures, actually use the shit. Yeah. Which I'm fine with using the shit. Like, I, I, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of hunting shows. Ben Rising, White Tail Edge is one of the bigger ones I watch. Mm -hmm. Working Class Bow Hunters, CC Files with Clint Casper, all those guys, Kirk Geyer, Doug, all them. They all use big time. All of them. Yeah. Now, the only competitor that I can think of, I mean, you got breweries who use their own, they use Biologic. They came up with their own. Yeah. And then you got Bone Collector uses Big and J. We could also go something different. We could get a hold of my dad's buddy, Damon Detlin. Why does that name sound familiar? What's he run? What's his company? I don't really know what his feed and stuff is called. He makes his own minerals. Your dad was telling us uh, some turkey season, wasn't he? Probably. We've been meaning to get a pallet of it. Because we can get a pallet Does he make of food plot stuff or just minerals? Pretty, pretty much just minerals. Okay, well we can do that too. Because um, Big Time doesn't make mineral licks. He... That I've found. He's hunting been hunting with uh, Midwest Whitetails. Okay, I've seen the show. He shot a 184 inch buck quite some years ago. I saw it in person. He's that's got a, a full body mount. That's a his big deer. deer. Is, his deer is beautiful. That's a big deer. And he's, he's tested his minerals out. You know, he's got a couple of deer in a pen. And so he's tested it out through the years and, what they and like. that deer at a six-year-old was it was a big deer. Okay. One in his pen. Um, and we're getting down a rabbit hole here. I, I kind of stole us away from your buck. I just thought about this. We went uh, down a rabbit hole. Um, we'll, we'll come back to the minerals and stuff here, maybe at the end of this. Um, but so walk us through that hunt, uh, if you want to call it a hunt, <laughs> more or less. Hey, looky there! I'm gonna go grab my bow and smoke him. I mean, you still got to hunt, you still got to pursue, but yeah, I uh, went to go pick up our Amish employee the next road down on Canyon, and this was when I still lived with my parents, so uh, I'd have been 20. 2017? Yeah, it would have been right before we bought this farm. Yeah, about 20 years old. And uh, so I seen this thing on a doe pretty early in the morning about seven did you shoot it during the rut or pre-rut november 13th oh okay right in the rut mm -hmm. the day before i shot that eight point but you know four years sooner anyhow 
uh, I was like, man, I gotta go after him. I gotta give it a try because I was working with my dad and he had a buddy up from Virginia. They were out bow hunting and he thought about letting me skip work and go bow hunting. Yeah, I better help them guys tear tear down a barn. This is when we were rebuilding the barn down there. And, uh, mess. yeah. Almost got it cleaned up. Needs a little dozer work and needs some fence. Other than that, it's pretty good now. But he, he was across the road, right? Uh-huh. Not towards Kenny. He was just across from the barn. Yeah, I'm getting to that. Anyway, yeah, I looked up to my left, like where that little patch of woods is in the field. There's a spring right, where just I dug that ditch line all the way right, down. To the right of the power line, right? Uh-huh. Okay, I know what you're talking. So, I just was like, holy shit. From the road, you could just tell he's That's huge. a big deer, yeah. And he was right on his doe. I kind of thought they were just circling in the field and stuff like that. I didn't even, didn't even pay attention to him. I just made a quick dart to the house grabbed my bow and I went back outside I went through the pasture I went through the middle of the herd of cows to try to disguise myself a little bit and there's a bridge that goes under 43 that's McGuire Creek I went through there and I the the woods on the lower side of the field on our left side of that power line, it's kind of, it's like a valley per se. Mm -hmm. So I just followed the valley out a little bit farther and uh, I popped up to the edge of the field. The field's a little bit hilly, so I was just over the hill from him. He couldn't see me in no way, shape or form. Once I got to them cows, could he see me where I went? I was kind of running through that part. Yeah. From that distance, he's focused on that. No, I wasn't too worried about him. This was me in either. the morning, you said? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I had to cross through a fence, cross the field, cross through another fence to get into the woods. And then I started walking towards him. I had an arrow in and ready. Uh... I, I was looking like straight ahead about where he was. I figured, I don't know if he's still playing there. Or I looked a little to the left if he's up in there. I don't know if she's toying him. And uh, next thing I know, I hear a snort. I'm like, I look to my left. And luckily where he stopped, he had a big white oak tree like in his view of me. Because mm -hmm. I was just in blue jeans and a camo hoodie. I wouldn't wear nothing special. I wasn't ready to go hunting. <clears throat> but, uh, he was standing there broadside. Well, actually, when he first snorted, he took another ten steps and then stopped. How far was it, roughly? I think it was about 25 yards or so. So you were right up on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, I mean, I think he went to kind of cross the road. Mm. And I think the doe got across the road because it was just him. But I think a vehicle was coming up the road, which kind of like deterred him back around the hill to me. Mm -hmm. Which was, you know, it was pretty lucky, but meant to be. Uh, so he was broadside standing there when he 
stopped that second time. I was like, this is, is this my shot. I put my 30 yard pin on his shoulder, which was a little bit too much because I actually, I actually got him in the spine. Oh, did you? On the first shot, yeah. So we both spined our big bucks. Uh-huh. But I had no worries. As soon as he dropped, uh, I knew he wasn't going anywhere, you know. So I knocked a second arrow and put one right behind his front shoulder. And he went down. I was just in disbelief, you know. That's the biggest buck. Not, not the biggest buck I've ever seen, but the biggest buck I've ever got a shot on at that point. Right. Um, and I made it happen. My dad, he didn't believe me whenever I first told him. <laughs> they wanted pictures of the deer. They wanted pictures of my bow next to the deer. And then, and then they finally believed me. And they both got out of their stand and come right to the house about 9.30 in the morning. Normally we don't get out till like 11. Yeah. Go get lunch or something. Uh, I ended up dragging them down the hill, had uh, Monroe come with the skid steer around the fence line. Mm -hmm. We leave room in between for brush hogging. Oh yeah. I drag him down to the fence line, we put him in the skid steer bucket, and that's how we got him back to the house. We just caught him with the skid steer. So there's more similarities to your buck and my buck than what I thought there was. Because you, yeah. you had a pretty easy drag. I had a very easy drag. Yeah. They're both about 150, somewhere in there. Yeah. And your dad was so excited for both of them. Oh, yeah. They're, they're both on pedestals, too. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they are both on pedestals. That's nuts. Yeah. Like, if we sat my deer and Zach's deer next to each other, I think the only thing my deer has on it is, I don't remember how thick his deer was. I'd have to go down to his house and put my hand on it, but... I think when I when I first got the mount back and I brought it over, I think mine was just a little wider. Might be a little but bit taller too. Mine is only wider because about this time of year last year, he got a bot fly in his left beam and it killed the growth on that side because otherwise it would have curled in and I probably would have had like maybe a 19 inch inside to inside. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it did. That left that left main beam did kind of point. Outwards, yeah, it definitely quit growing early. Um, but that could also hurt you more than help you, even though you got a greater spread. Your your main beam length, you know, it's not as symmetrical. Well, I mean, it, that would that would hurt you net score. Either wise, way, it'd been cool to see what it would have finished out to, and if he wouldn't have broke the tip off the one G three on the right side. Yeah, that would have been cool to see. But so Zex smoked that sucker I was in college when I got that text message from him and I got a picture and I was like no fucking way you didn't shoot that sucker you got that off the internet and then uh, you sent me a picture your dad took of you next to it I think up by your dad's garage I'm in the woodshed yeah the woodshed yeah mm -hmm. and I was like no fucking way cause I was at a football game or I was at practice I think it was no it was it was a weekday, so I was <laughs> I was being irresponsible, probably skipping class. But um, that that has a cool story. I mean, yeah, that that's not the coolest story I think of what Zach's deer is. I mean, I that one's a very the unique same one. Same bow too. You shot it with the same bow. That elite. Mm -hmm. 
got that Elite Impulse 34. Okay. Had that thing since 2016. Uh, so. They hear that you worked with me in Stumart out of town. Yeah. I took some of that extra money I had because I had all this per diem from staying out of town and I had all this overtime because the last two months we had like two days off total. Yeah, I didn't get it. It was actually like a day and a half. I didn't get to go through that. Rainouts. And uh, so I had uh, loads of overtime. I had probably, I think I probably made 12 grand in those two months. I was pretty happy about, but. Well, uh, yeah. So Zach shots, shoots that big ass deer. What was it? That same year when you went to West Virginia rifle season or was it the year after you shot that other big one? It was real. It was real close together, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm trying to think. He's he's one of the ones hanging down here, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's hanging. He, he's 11.2, isn't he? 11. Yep. Yeah. So that I'm thinking that, one's that one cool. was before. Because I'm pretty sure you got you the got first the year I went down there. First year I went down there, I was still in high school. I shot that six point, and it was so funny. I mean, I was like, yeah, it's my first West Virginia deer, I'll go for it. We, we got there later Monday, and because we had to go get our tags and stuff in the morning. We should have went Sunday. I forget why we didn't get to go Sunday, but uh, their openers are always Monday. Probably because you overslept. No, uh, I think it was something with cattle. Mm. I think we dropped them off at the sale. But Mom picked up the check Monday. Anyway, he's the one that died in between the trees, right? Huh? No, that was the ten point. Ten. Which is that up here or is that down there? That's up here. Oh, you shot him in Ohio. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I only shot two bucks in West Virginia. Would have been three this year, but I'm pretty sure I shot a limb in half. <laughs> deflected my round into this deer's knee. And so this deer ran up to the side-by-side -side trail because on that property, there's a bunch of side-by-side -side trails leading to the wellheads where the well tenders go and start the generators and stuff like that from natural gas. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was about 25 yards away from my dad. My dad killed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It was my bad shot. He got it. Well, at least the deer didn't suffer very long. No, yeah. So, as you can tell from these stories, Zach, Zach shoots pretty good deer a lot. Whereas my first deer was right before I had shoulder surgery in 2017. Um, I shot him with a crossbow and I made a bad shot the first shot, right over his back. I was shooting an old Horton crossbow. I had a crosshair and a peep sight. You look down a peep sight to the end of the bow to a crosshair and you, you shoot from there. And there's a dial that I don't know what the dial does or if it changes the amount of poundage or whatever comes off the bow. And I made my first shot at the dial set for 30 yards. The deer was like 15, 20 yards from me. I shot right over his back. So he scooted off to my right, maybe 25 yards, 30 yards now. And so I'm like watching him. I see him stop. I was like, all right. So I recocked the bow and I slide another arrow in. And then I'm like, yeah, I remember literally like I was sitting on the edge of the stand on the property out in, near Karen's parents. Yeah. Cocked this bow back while I'm watching this deer 
And then now I gotta take my eyes off him and put arrow in there. Because I'm very cautious when I'm putting an arrow in a crossbow. Because mm -hmm. I know my finger's right there. Hey, you gotta do it right too. And so I'm sliding this arrow in. I get set, I'm like half on the stand, half standing, half crouching type deal. I'm looking for him, and I remember this vividly. I lost sight of him. But I knew he was like 25, 30 yards from me, somewhere. I was like, I remember saying out loud, I was like, where the fuck did you go? And he picked his head up and looked straight at me. I was like, oh, there you are. So I pulled a bow up. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm looking down a peep sight to a crosshair. It's an old primitive, you know, crossbow. Yeah. So I, I'm looking at him. I'm reading his body language as I'm got him in the peep sight, and I was like, "Oh, he's about to go." So I squeeze the shot off quick, and because he had moved to 25, 30 yards, my dial was now correct. I I let him because I thought he was going to run, and if I would have let him any further, I would have missed. I smoked him right through the jugular, and he dropped right there. And before I got to him, I mean, it was my first buck kill ever. So I got to him pretty quick. <laughs> and before I got to him, he was dead. He bled out that fast. Oh, like yeah. 30 yards, I covered that all excited and stuff in probably like fucking 10 seconds. Not even. Yeah, between adrenaline and, and being a main artery. You know what I mean? So he's dead. I get up there and I'm looking at him. I mean, it was a, like I said, I was about to have shoulder surgery in like four days after this hunt. And... It's a year-and-a-half-old seven-point buck. I can't tell you how happy I was. And, you know, this is something me and Zach kind of differ on and butt heads about. But this is the way Grindstone Adventures will always be, as long as I'm the one running the show. Is when it comes down to it, whatever trips your trigger, whatever gets your heart thumping, gives you buck fever, whether it's a doe or a spike, whether it's a 195-inch deer, doesn't matter. Whatever gets your heart thumping, you shoot that sucker and you're proud of it, don't matter. That's a trophy. I agree. I mean... Now, do, that, do I want to shoot touch. that every year now that I've shot a nice buck? No, I want to manage... Like, my thing is, like my dad taught me a long, long time ago, he's like, yeah, whatever trips your trigger, be happy about shooting. But at the same time, if you want to shoot big deer, you got to manage deer. So hey. I want to shoot old deer. I don't care what's on their head. I never will. I don't care what's on their head. I want to shoot the old deer. Hey, you I, have as, eyes. I have as much fun looking through a camera lens at a big deer I know I'm not going to get a shot at as I do when I'm pulling the crossbow in my shoulder or drawing the bow back or putting the rifle in my shoulder. I have as much fun doing that as shooting pictures of them. But that's also, you know, something in this industry... A lot of people, there's there's shows out there that'll judge you for shooting smaller animals, and I think that's something that this industry needs to get away from, is shaming, trophy shaming. Because you know what, at the end of the day, like our way of life is dying. There isn't, I mean, there's a lot more hunters out there, but there's not hunters out there for the right reasons anymore. So yeah. my like that's the whole thing I created. Like that's why I created this is I want to pass what we know our love for it, our love for looking at the animals and watching them and the way they act and putting them down and feeding them ourselves and eating them because I love eating deer. I actually enjoy the gamey flavor of deer. But trophy shaming is something that needs to go out of this industry. It needs to go on. Like now. I agree. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with 
starting small, you gotta break the ice. My first deer was a button buck. It was a 410, about 15 or 20 yards. That thing was old. It had one little BB at the end of the barrel. I think I was lucky to even hit it at that point. I Probably. shot it in the spine and that wasn't a very good experience. I mean, I probably shot like high. maybe 15 deer in my entire life. And I've been hunting all my life pretty much since like, I, I started hunting probably a year or two before 2006. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how many deer I've shot. I can tell you. You've shot more than I have. I can tell you I shot my first deer when I was eight. And then I can't tell you how many times I missed from the time I was eight until I was 15. I shot my first buck. It was an eight point. Shot him with a 12 gauge. And then a year after that, I shot a a nice doe and that 10 point up behind my dad's with that same 12 gauge. And that'd be the first deer that I got mounted was that 10 point. You wanna know the first thing I remember about seeing a buck in the stand for the first time? What's that? I was hunting Joe Nipp's property. We were, we were young. I was hunting with the same crossbow I shot that seven point with. Uh-huh. My dad had just literally dropped me off in the stand was like maybe 40 yards behind me walking up the trail to go to where he was gonna sit. Mm-hmm. And I looked down and I was like, oh, there's a buck. It was probably like four point buck, dude. I didn't even care. Mm-hmm. I brought that crossbow up. This is before I learned to like look hard where your arrow's about to go yeah. and stuff. I pulled that trigger. If there wasn't a damn tree in the way, I would have killed him. I shot the fuck out of that tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that eight point that I shot at maybe a 12, 13 inch spread, four inch tines wasn't, you know, anything special. It was special to me. It was my first buck. It was cool. I was only I'm sure 15. Tasted special. I wasn't even driving yet. Yeah. Yep. In between. That and that that's about when my dad taught me how to get skin a deer. Yeah. Ever since then I've been doing mine and his. <laughs> yeah. Now there are things me and Zach disagree with when it comes to butchering deer, but you know, that's between me and Zach and you know, we split hairs about it. But at the end of the day we're both eating the deer we kill, so it doesn't matter. The coyotes will get that red meat, it ain't going to waste. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to waste. <laughs> You take everything off there. I make dogs jealous when I butcher deer. But, Zach, me and him have been hunting a long time. To, like, we've tried to hunt together, and we, we've done best. Like, I remember him taking me out to where they hunt now, which is the property adjacent to where I hunt now. And him taking me over a well pad, and I had a, we call it a kill in the front and cripple in the back 12-gauge single shot, break open. I this is, That gun is the reason I will not hunt deer with a shotgun, ever. And it's probably biased opinion. I know I got a better shotgun now in my Stevens 320 uh, that I killed my turkey with. Mm-hmm. I don't have a slug barrel for it, but I can get one. Is that gun? I wouldn't even I, worry you, about it. You stood there and watched me send how many rounds of dead doe? Four or uh, five. Oh yeah. And every one of them, I don't know where single. I don't know where a single round ended up, but every mm-hmm. single one of them missed. At that point, I was ready to throw that gun in the dirt and walk away. Yep, and I think I screwed up the rifling in my shotgun because my dad's always just shot rifled slugs. Well, we shot rifled slugs through a rifled barrel, which probably ain't the best idea. Considering the rifling probably doesn't match up. Mm-hmm. It can mess up the rifling in your barrel. You're supposed to shoot 
sabots through a rifle barrel, and you're supposed to shoot rifled slugs through a smooth barrel. Yeah. But, so, I mean, if you're going to hunt with your shotgun, I wouldn't even worry about getting a rifle barrel. I'd just shoot rifle well, slugs. That's the thing, though, anymore. I don't even hunt. I don't even go deer hunting with a gun anymore. No, yeah, you get, well, I, I, I mean, you got your three fifty too. Yeah, I know. I bought that which, three fifty to go deer hunting, and that thing, if I get a deer within 200 yards, it's dead. That gun is so accurate. Yeah. But either, I just don't go gun hunting anymore for deer. Either I, this year or next year, I would like to get a 450. Did uh, I forgot to tell you, um, Jake's looking to trade for the 350. He's got the Ruger. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, maybe trade something for him. But uh, you're, you're like guns with me. You don't trade them. You don't get rid of them. Nope. I keep everything. But, uh, now, if I find something on the shelf I'd like to get rid of, then maybe. <laughs> but So, Zach is just as much of a big deer hunter as I am. And I'm not talking like big deer, like monster buck hunter. He, he He's a big time deer hunter like I am. Like I live and breathe this stuff since I got out of college. I've gotten so much more into it. But I live and breathe deer hunting. That's all I've done since I killed my buck last year. Even before I got my buck last year, I was all about it. And, you know, this is all I wanted to do. And I'm actually trying to become a teacher so I have more free time to go deer hunt. Except you guys had more success with your car than you did with your guns. <laughs> Don't be saying you guys. as my dad. <laughs> my dad killed like four deer inside of three months when a Buick Oldsmobile. I don't remember the year. It was probably like an 80s model. But he smoked so many deer with that sucker. I remember not. I remember that thing. The nickname was the, the deer, deer slayer. slayer. Yeah, I remember he knocked the grill out of it one time, and it, we had some uh, hide left over from a deer that we'd gotten during season. And me and my cousin Tad, we took two deer legs and we stuck them in the wheel wells. We took the deer head, shoved it up in the grill where the ho- the hole was, and then took the tail and shoved it underneath the trunk. <laughs> Peter eat your heart out but we we had a lot of fun like that shit when we were kids but yeah it was a deer slayer until the deer slayed it yeah I don't remember what killed that car to be honest with you I, I thought it was a deer I, I don't know it might have been but so Zach is also the guy who took me on my very first ever turkey hunt which is episode one on the YouTube channel uh, we didn't get nothing um, his dad went with us and stuff, but so Zach and Steven and my buddy Elijah have all got me in turkey hunting, and now I'm in the process of trying to convince Zach to take a weekend next year, maybe take a Thursday, take Thursday Friday off of a weekend and go up to Michigan with me and hunt turkey up there with me, because I know Lane's going to try to this year coming, because yeah. it, you've seen the footage. Oh yeah, I got. That's hun- more than likely gonna depend on my finances. I got a honey hole, dude. It's one hundred fifty dollars for the license and twelve, twelve or twenty bucks for the tag. Yeah. And then once you got the license, you just buy a deer tag. It's twenty bucks. Yeah. And we go up and we deer hunt. Mhm. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna push you for Pennsylvania because Pennsylvania ain't got monster deer in it. Like if I'm in PA this year and I don't I see think, a buck, I eat tag soup. I think Pennsylvania's getting better. Uh. Monroe's family. It is getting better. Um, I can't think of the place that they live. We don't have that town's called. But if you and me were to go over there right now, we don't have anywhere to hunt except for public land. Yeah. 
western side of PA, there's not a lot of public land. And everything's game management units over there, too. So we'd have to travel to do some hunting. But I see trucks parked along 22, and it seems like this. It doesn't seem like anybody owns it, you know? It's like just a. I mean, wild areas the, there's of, portions of it, but, you know, it's not like the portions of public land in Ohio where you got, you know, a couple hundred to a thousand acres yeah, of pieces that's here now. marked pretty well. And I don't PA, know how it's marked out there. I don't. I don't know in PA. I'm gonna learn though real quick. But in PA, yeah. the public land sporadic. You you can go from like 40 acres to 60 acres, and then you got like a huge amount of property around it that's not public. So their parcels of public can range from very very small to very very large. But because they do management units, you you got to pick and choose where you go, and you got to pay attention to your dates. You can't hunt on every Sunday there's only three Sundays you're allowed to hunt this year and then yeah. that's brand new they're not they allow, they're allowing three Sundays a month this year it's not per month three Sundays all year that you're allowed to hunt PA how do they know which Sundays you've hunted and which ones you haven't they got the certain Sundays marked out there's only certain Sundays on the date you can uh, hunt that but, doesn't uh, make any sense it's progress because last year they weren't allowed to hunt Sundays at all that sounds more like an Amish thing than it does a state thing. It's I mean, Philadelphia. The Amish can't do anything. Philadelphia is in PA. Yeah. Philadelphia is known as the city of brotherly love. Uh-huh. You know, Philadelphia is also known as the Quaker state. Quakers yeah. back in the 1600s were known as passive people that did not cause any violence, and they were very uh, Christian worshippers. I don't even know the right word for them, but they were, they're not Catholic. They don't worship Christians. But, they worship no, Jesus. But they were, <laughs> they, they were like kind of like Catholics, but not as strict as Catholics, but they were along the same lines. I don't know. There's, there's so many different religions within. I mean, you got Lutherans, they're, Methodists. They're Protestants, non-denominational Catholic. They're I'm not Baptist. I just read the Bible, pray. I believe that's yeah. That's about all there is to it with me. That's a good segue. I don't segue. follow any religious, you know. That, that's a good segue, actually, because um, there's that's another reason I want to get your dad on the pod, podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, because your dad's very religious and very outspoken about it, which is cool. Because not a lot of people in today's society is very willing to be outspoken mm-hmm. about their religion. Well, we're godly. We're not religious. We don't really follow our religion. Well, we just follow you, God. You get my meaning, though. Yeah. So, I've been trying to get you to watch it for years, and or the last couple years, and I don't know if you even still do. What is it? White Tail Edge, Ben Rising. He's based out of Hocking Hills. He hunts Iowa, or not Iowa, Kansas and Illinois and Ohio. Yeah. His main job is a logger, timber guy. Um, That'd be a fun job. I'd like to do that. If you watch his show, the first thing you're going to know about his show, other than the dude kills massive deer, mm-hmm. is very, very much about his Bible. And I like that. Yeah. Like he had, I mean, his intro changed from last year to this year. I think it's changed every year. Um, but last year it was a specific verse that he would read as an intro. This year it's not the same intro. I mean, he still follows along the same verse, mm-hmm. but he has a different intro. But 
do that. There's not another deer hunter I know of that gives the thanks and glory to God like he does. Yeah. And I think you guys would like his show. Mm-hmm. First of all, he kills monster deer. Oh yeah. I see Second of all, he, you know, he's very godly like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, to get your dad on the podcast and try and you know not go on a huge tangent and stuff like that, but bring in how the outdoors and hunting and fishing and God connect. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. I mean... But your dad's also always busy, and I'm still living in a different state, so it's kind of hard to fucking yeah, do he that. Just, he just wired his electronics in his boat. I've seen that. About $6,000 worth of electronics the on The newest fish finder, right? Um, <clears throat> well, yeah, the Hummingbird with the 360 is, like, the best thing out right now as far as... 3D imaging. When's Monroe gonna buy one? Uh, I don't know. Monroe's talking about buying a Ranger in a couple of years. Like, eh, maybe he'll go pro. <laughs> nah. And then maybe he's got maybe. he's got two Lorantz SD HD tens SD ten. I don't remember. I think it's HD ten. Those are pretty big units. They're pretty fancy. Oh yeah. HD ten. I can see it from here. But, uh, uh, I don't know a whole lot about electronics. I don't know a whole lot about... You don't know a whole lot about anything. No, I do. <laughs> I mean, I know what to use sometimes, when to use it. But my dad could tell you what color to use and what water temperature, color. What your dad that. knows about like, fishing and stuff is what I'm science. trying to be like for deer hunting. There's a whole science to fishing, like the different water levels. Different water temperature, different color water, mm-hmm. clear, murky, brown. Different types of grass. Your dad's a freaking nut with that stuff, and it's cool as hell to listen to him talk about it. Like he's, you know, there's a science to it. It's not just, you know, throwing something on a string and throwing it in the water. Well, that's the way I fish, when, and that's probably why I don't when fish. You get up to that level. That's probably why I don't catch a lot of fish. And it gets stressful, and I think that's another reason he took a break, not just the fact that we bought this farm, and he's got a lot of equipment to pay for. I mean, yeah. we got a lot of hay to make, and whenever I had had to, the first boy, I had to get another job. His business is smaller, doesn't, he can't really get, you know, health insurance. It's outrageous it's like two thousand dollars a month if he wanted to get me health health insurance right yeah that's and, a little uh, outrageous so i was better off just finding a job that provided that already which is what i did and i've been there two and a half years now and eventually i'd like to come back to the business but for say subcontract under him I know you had to plan that you were going to run one crew and then Monroe was going to run the other crew. I do all the chain link work. Fuck. I'd like to... Fuck chain link. I like chain link. I don't mind it. I like it better than high tensile. High tensile is terrible. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we've been... You ever been whipped by a high tensile building a brace? Yes. It, I don't like it. I don't like building fence. Like, I know if I ever needed to, I, mean, I was down and out, but your do dad would... Time. 
you know, help me out, and I'd come back and build fence again. Monroe's been trying to get me to come back and build fence since I fucking left. But I don't like building fence. It's one of the jobs, all the jobs I've had, mm-hmm. that I'm like, dude, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I hate building fence. I don't know. Weed eating was I'm just, pretty... I'm just not good at building fence. That's probably one of the reasons, like, I'm just... Weed eating I'm not was good pretty at monotonous. It. it was just the same thing. Like, I thought I was good at... Sw- I thought I was good at you know, hitting things with hammers from building this or that growing up, but then I got to building fence, and I was like, man, I can't fucking swing a hammer to save my life. I can swing it, but I ain't gonna hit what I want to hit. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to hit a staple in three wax. I mean, it's not that hard. Come on. Fuck you. And the thing about weed eating was... I'm good at weed eating, though. I was hitting... You know, my section. Oh, we're not going to dive into that. Coyote Hill is not coming Plus, up on this podcast. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm t- just talking about beforehand, too. I was in my section, plus, you know, that other kid who would we, we eat. We had a lot of lazy people in that crew. A three though. foot wide path. Yeah, but I was the only one that got shit for it. Well, that's because you were easy to give shit to. Yeah, but you guys <laughs> took it to the boss and everything. I, mean, I didn't take nothing to the boss. I never have. Somebody did. I can give you two guesses, because there's only four people in the crew, and if it wasn't me, there's only two people else. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. Either way, it was just like... Either way, it was a good thing both of us got out of that job, because that I job didn't carry any health I was, insurance. I was doing what my path was, plus what the other people were missing, because they would only wait eat three foot wide and just keep going and get way ahead. And it's like, yeah, you're... You're not pulling your weight at all. You're just but you'll making have, a little pass. That was his first job out of high school, too, though. And like after you left that company, I had another kid that they had hired right on out of high school. And the kid was bigger, like almost 300 pounds. <laughs> and I had to pick up his slack. And then I got threatened to get fired because I almost gave myself a heat stroke picking up his slack. So, I mean, it, it's a better, you know, the, the owners of the company, I, they're great people. Uh, I, I don't have a qualm with Mark or... Alan, don't have other than them trying to blame me for putting dirt in the weed eater gas tanks. I don't know that about that. I was not there, <clears throat> but oh yeah, they I don't have a, in. I don't have a problem with it. either one, Mark or Alan. But it's a good thing we got out of that company because they had no health insurance, and the way they did things was really messed up in that aspect. That pretty much went so, under anyways. But anyways, that's that's enough about that kind of stuff. Uh, we we. No one on the podcast wants to hear that crap. I mean, how I only got a couple listeners anyways. But, uh, so we've been at it for an hour and a half. So I guess we can wrap up talking about food plots and whatnot. And what what we've been talking for an hour and a half. Yeah. Doesn't feel like it. Well, that's because you haven't been drinking much. I've had three. I mean, I've been working on this 12-pack since I got here to shoot the bow this afternoon. Yeah. Did you see that video I sent you? I, I left those two in the yard. Left what two in the yard? Two beers. Oh, yeah, I didn't have I brought them out to, you know, just to have a few and, and shoot. And then I ended up leaving. Yeah, and then, well, when I ended up bringing the kids in, I ended up leaving the beers out in the yard. Nice, warm rice water. Yeah, I, I put them in the freezer for a little bit. That was 
This was the first two beers I drank. <laughs> oh, you and your rice water, man. Bud Light's not rice water. It's got rice in it. It's rice water. I don't care if it has rice in it. You don't like rice? No. Not not my beer. <laughs> rice rice is a natural filler, so it'll fill me up faster. And I like the taste of beer, so I like to drink a bit of them. I don't know. That's not real fond of Coors. Banquets? Yeah. Banquets are good. Banquets Coors are Light? good. Eh. I don't know. I, I, I it tastes the same as Miller Light. I burned myself out on Bud Light and a lot of Bush, Bush Light in college, but I can still drink Bush Light if I have to. But if I can't drink Coors Light, you know, at that point I'm probably going to roll with Blue Moon or Guinness or something like that. Dos Equis. Dos Equis is very good, but I had one out of a can the other day and I was like, man, this is just not that great. No, you, you, you got to get the bottles and you got to put a lime down in it. Or you got to get draft Dos Equis is even better. Draft is very good. Never had a draft. Go to Kepasa. Yeah. They got the amber. Amber's good. It's amber a draft. Amberbach is. No, well, Dos Equis amber. Amberbach, I was thinking of Michelob. You ever have Michelob Amberbach? Yeah, it was all right. I like it. But, so, you got this area down here where you tried a food plot a couple years ago and you just didn't maintain it very well. Nah. Grew yeah. radishes. You had the right thing growing. Because the Drury Brothers, when they make their food plots. I just didn't get it churned up enough. All I had was... It, it grew well. It I just had the didn't. tractor and the brush hog, and then I had a set of eight-foot discs, and they just really didn't dig. Was that the broken disc that you welded back like four times? Yeah, okay. the ones I still have. I use them on the track because if you got something dirt already surfaced, they'll dig down, you know, four or five inches. That's plenty. Um, now you but, got that high-powered John Deere. Yeah. I got my 1025R with the tiller. The tiller will eat through anything. I mean, if you got grass growing, then this ain't going to do nothing. It's not going to break through the sod. Well, listen, I got three different food plots sitting, sitting in my truck right now. I got uh -huh. a big bag of winter mix, winter peas. I've got a medium-sized bag of main event, which is what WCB has been all about. It's one of the main... One of the main feed mixtures that they've been talking about and then I got a smaller bag um, the the main event I believe it is it calls it as a fall mixture but it's good through late season the winter peas are supposed to be good all year or all season yeah and then the smallest food plot seed I have from big time is supposed to be late season good mm -hmm. so you pick what you want um, We'll read the instructions on the bag, see how much we're supposed to plant for, you know, what certain size prop or amount of field or whatever. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And then we'll go down there, we'll till it up, we'll plant it. We'll throw a camera on there um, to watch it, whatnot. Yeah, if I got... Throw some fertilizer or lime, whatever, on there to get it right, because I don't know what your soil balance is. But I know it's got to be pretty decent since you got radishes to come in pretty easy. Um, yeah, our soil here is pretty good. Our but, hay grows pretty good. Yeah, we didn't even fertilize it this year. And I couldn't tell you how many round bales we got first cutting, but second cutting is looking good. 
it should have been cut probably three weeks ago, but I mean, weather hasn't been the greatest lately. Hasn't been real. It's been popular. raining a lot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll we'll get a food plot in oh. there down there for you. Yeah. Um. I usually check a regular cam like once a week. Well, I'm not gonna pull my cell cam for it, but oh, no. I will pull my camera that I have sitting next to my doe stand. You don't have to pull your cameras. I don't know if that Moultrie camera I have still works or not. The little square-looking sucker? No, that was uh, Wild Game, I think. Oh, okay. That one doesn't work. I don't really know why. I feel like water leached down through the seals or something. Okay, my Wild Game had the same problem. That's why I don't use them anymore. Yeah. But I... The Moultrie one should be on the shelf in the garage somewhere. I can find it. I just use it. You know what model it is? Because I got two. That's nah, cheap. It's like a hundred bucks. Do you know if you can look at it and it tell you the model on it? Do you still have the serial number on the inside of it? I, I imagine if you look at it, you probably could. So we can figure out what not what it is and figure out how to work it and stuff again. Yeah, it doesn't take bad pictures either. No, I like. I got tree. two SD cards. And what I do? Shit, I got like eight, nine, ten. SD cards. Well, I just got those for the one camera. I just pop one out, pop a new one in it. But yeah, we'll I usually just delete the dope pictures, and keep the bucks. Well, I would, I would, I would caution against focus. that. I would caution against that. And here's why: the does will tell you just as much information as the bucks will. Do you know why, or do you, like, do you have any inkling why? No. I don't know. So, I mean, I might be wrong. I don't know. But the way I look at it is, you know, I don't keep every doe picture. I, I tend to try and find in the pattern of when I'm downloading my laptop or whatever. I like to see, all right, there's a deer there. That's the first picture of the deer of this time period. Here's the one where it's leaving. Uh, camera view. Even if I can tell it's a buck or it's not a buck, I always want the first and last picture of the deer coming through any set of grouping of pictures or whatever because what that's going to tell me is all right this it came on this date at this time came in this direction left this direction so now i have certain key points are pattern it to the weather right and they can tell me where it's headed where it's coming from i can start you know if it is a big buck it'd be like all right he came in this way he left that way okay it was this date this time of the night or this time of the day this was the weather on that day okay so now I'm going to pull this camera from another spot I'm going to set it over here where he left to and try and see if I can catch him moving and walking past this camera down the other property on this side right or stick it is he coming from this way passing this camera to get to this camera So, so you see what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of information you can get, even if it is a doe. Yeah. And I mean, that that's kind of way if, I. If look you kind of got your deer pattern new, too. But you gotta repattern them every year. Because their patterns will change every year. You three, gotta repattern them from summer to fall to winter. Right. And then there's that because short, you know, two week, three week period where you can't pattern a deer at all. Well, yeah, because they're pretty much just laying low. That's right around gun season. Rut is when I was talking. During the rut, you can't pattern a good deer. Oh, no. You just, what I do during the rut, I, I, haven't, hunted, I haven't hunted a rut in two years. 
I'll find sign, but I won't hunt near, like real near sign. Like if you got a scrape, and you got a buck that's been in that area, and a doe that's been in that area, I'll hunt in the same area, but instead of hunting a scrape, I'll hunt a main trail, or just off of it. So how do you determine what's a main trail? I know how I do it. How do you determine it? Just is it toward a shit and back, yeah, or, or it's or an easy, down. well beaten path, or it's like all right, well, I can see that something's been through here. Like what? What's the characteristics of? Most of our main trails are, yeah, they're pretty well beat down, and then they're not going to be right on the top of the hill, or at the bottom of the hill. It's like right along either just over the crest More like a bench yeah or kind of about 30 yards from the bottom somewhere in there the deer just I don't know if it's, it's just easier for them to escape so you're looking they have for a better a, view you're looking for an area where they can get into and out of quickly and easily mm-hmm okay um do I don't know what it is but uh, I actually got a phone call or a message to this week and then I ended up calling the dude because he told me he asked me to call him I'm not going to name names um, because I'm not trying to call him out on not knowing much or he may kn- he may know just as much as I did and he just wasn't sure and wanted reassurance mm-hmm. but he, he had me call him because he said he wanted help with getting big deer on camera or how to get them in front of a stand to shoot. And I was like, I don't know why you're calling me. <laughs> but he, he called me, he had me call him. Uh, basically, he, he has a pretty good scenario and setup and whatnot. It's just him and one other person who hunts property and he's related to him. So he's got a very good setup. Um, there was a mouse. Get a cat. But uh, he sent me pictures of deer. Or good deer, like 140 plus. Yeah. Good deer. Um, he, he's like, dude, I'm having trouble. He's like, I got this area. I'm wondering if I should clear cut it, try and have more visibility. And I was like, well, what? Do I you have trails? I was like, I would caution against that this year because Maybe it's so close. Shooting lanes. And that's what I ended up telling him because he's like, yeah, there's four-wheel trails right to my stand and down past the stand and up to another stand and whatnot all over the woods. I was like, okay, fine. That, don't don't clear-cut nothing. I said, if anything, cut your shooting lanes to the yardage you want to shoot at where you think they might come in or whatever. I said, next, do you have any scrapes in that area? I've got an imagination. I like to imagine where the deer's going to come in. I look for... A trail or just open spots and I look at about 20-30 yards in a big circle and I find my openings bang 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 and then that's where okay if it comes through here like this that's where I'm gonna make my shot obviously right the deer they don't come in how you picture it at all no they never do it's like well oh, my, my buck did but, but I didn't think he was coming in. I was about ready to pack up when I shot him. But anyways, <laughs> so he asked me all this, and I was like, cut, cut your shooting lanes the way you you, you hope they come in or whatnot. It gives you bow range because he mm-hmm. gun hunts out of the same stance. So I was like, gun hunting, you don't really need as much of a shooting lane. Uh, you do, but you don't. Yeah, I was man, like, you can cut your bow hunting. 
cut your bow shooting lanes. I, I was like, don't clear cut a single fucking thing because big deer, like the deer he has on camera, in my opinion, they're three plus years old. Most that would be in the thick shit. I was like, they want cover. They want cover. And he's like, well, what about food supplements? I was like, well, how do you put your, like, do you put corn out? And he's like, yeah, I put corn out and I have a couple feeders. I was like, when you put corn out that's not in a feeder, how do you dump it? And it's something I've learned from White Tail Edge, Ben Rising. He's like, well, I just typically dump it. And I was like, don't, don't just put it in a pile because big deer don't like other deer. Except for, you know, that two, two three-week period where they're trying to get some pussy. I was like, spread it out because at that point you're eliminating the problem of, okay, that deer does come into your food source you just dumped on the ground. Now you have another deer standing right in front of them or there's a deer behind them that you can't shoot. I said, that eliminates that problem completely. Second of all, big deer do not like other deer. And I've learned that from Ben Rising. Yeah. I was like, so they're going to feel more comfortable and, you know, a big freaking corn pile in the middle of the woods is not natural, and the deer know it's not natural. <laughs> so they're not going to be as willing to come into it. And I was like, yeah, there's a mouse in here. But I was like, that, that'll that eliminate that problem. I said, if nothing else, just dump the corn out for observation. I said, even if you don't have, if you can't hunt off it, just dump it out there for observation. You see what's out there. You see what's coming to and from. Yeah. And then I was like, do you have any scrapes or sign or anything right around there? And he's like, oh, I got a monster scrape right there. And I was like, is it a thick area where the scrape is or is it kind of open for other deer that would be able to see it? And he's like, it's open. I was like, okay. So that is a meaningful scrape. And this I've learned recently also is when a, you're in a tight, thick area, like a thicket and shit, and you find a bed or whatnot, and there's a fuck ton of scrapes, a fuck ton of rubs, that's a buck's bedding area. What it is is he's passed some time because he's now he's still kind of weary about daylighting. So what he does is he he sits in there and he rips it all up until it, he feels comfortable to leave. So when you find scrapes like he says he has in front of the stand, where it's kind of open, other deer can see it. That's a meaningful scrape. He's letting other deer know in the area this is my fucking area. Mm-hmm. So I was like, put a camera on there. And now I don't, you don't use the same shit I do, but I have a very big. Even does are territorial. Oh, yeah. I was told uh, quite a few years ago that if a doe has two fawns on her still, you know, come later December, you want to take her out. Even if she may have been bred by a good buck. Because if she has buck fawns, she'll kick them. So if you want those buck fawns to stay in the area, Take the doe oh, out. Oh, okay, okay. And the buck fawn. Uh, I see what you're saying. Say. I did not know that. Have you seen that happen true before, or is that just something you've been told? I mean, I don't really get cameras out and scout enough to be able to... Okay, so you, you haven't you know proven I mean? it yet, but it's still in the back of your mind that it may be true. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, like, most of my hunting, because I don't have a whole lot of time around work and stuff, I was just a gut feeling and instinct, like yeah. Where, where have I seen big bucks before? Where, I mean, you, you know, you went. Hanging, where have I been successful? You went hanging hunted last year and put that eight down. Yeah, I I literally went in on a Sunday. I I just yeah you woke put my me climber up to come in. help drag a deer out. I'm mm-hmm. still sleeping. I didn't even know where I wanted to go the night before. And I told my dad, 
hey, I'm thinking about going on the backside of Coast. He's like, oh, by the way, there's this buck's been coming to the neighbor's corn pile, you know, that was in the spring, summer. You still have velvet on, but that's also where my dad's buddy missed him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's running that area. Good chance you can get On the back side of that. I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, so you're going to go down the trail, you know, our main trail. And dump off to the right. Dump off to the right, go straight down. Don't go left, don't go right. So I pretty much did that, but I, I had to go left a little bit. I, say, I don't know that he meant, you know, sit right there on that ravine base. <laughs> that way when no, he yeah. shot him, I had to dropped go, into I it. I had to go left a little bit to find a tree. I found a nice red oak. Red Oak's nice because it's darker. My camo's a little bit darker. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give you shit less, because I had to drag him out of there, and it was a bitch to drag him out of there. Mm-hmm. You're less likely to get daylighted. Um, if you got a good background. Yeah. But, and I yeah. had a darker So, oak. I don't know if you use stuff like this, but I, I'm a big believer. Like I said, Ben Rising and Whitetail Edge, I've been watching them for like four years now. They give me so much information and knowledge and tools and stuff to use. Like some of my scent controls from them. Some of the tools I use, like I'm going to use Black Rack and Extinguisher Grunt Call this year. That's from them. Um, he he promotes it. It's from the Illusion System. Deer Society promotes it. Um, I've been wanting to get one of those ones that's clear on the ground and the tube comes up to your stand. I'll make it sound like it's on the ground when they grunt. Yeah. I just have a, just but a regular old Primo's grunt tube right I told, now. And I got a can call. I can told call this guy... I said, listen, if you got that scrape right there, I use Black Widow deer lures. Yeah. I believe in them. I've seen I've seen them work firsthand. I've seen them work on Ben Rising's show. I was like, take some branch butter. And it just so happened this guy used the same stuff. I was like, take some branch butter, go to that scrape, put this on their licking branch because it's like their orbital glands juice. Mm-hmm. So put it on there. Does will even go nuts over it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then take some smaller... Buck piss. They got these little plastic pods you put in the ground. You put a piss into, and it, it evaporates it over time. And gives yeah, you a good so scent. I said, start be... small buck, and then work your way up. Because if you go straight dominant buck, and those bucks aren't as dominant as what you yeah, think no. they are, Cameron, they'll be, disappear. I've done it before. Yeah. I said, start small, work your way up. Yeah. And I said, and if nothing else, that's going to tell you exactly what those deer are going to do and react in different situations. I said, but the main rule of thumb that I have learned. Now, granted, I've never killed a deer over scrape, but I have seen it happen on many different shows, not just Whitetail Edge or Drury's 13 or whatever. They got like 14 different shows, but or even Bone Collector is. If you got a buck that is straight nocturnal and you're trying to get him on daylight, they can tell a difference when a scrape was freshened up and when it's not. Yeah. They know what time of day it was. I was like, go in there at like 1130 one day, freshen up that scrape. Put some fresh piss on that sucker. And then get out. And he's like, okay. I was like, because eventually this is the way I would I've learned is that buck's gonna eventually get pissed off someone else's in his fucking scrape. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna know what time they were in that scrape. And if you keep doing it, eventually he's coming daylight to find that buck and keep him out of his scrape. Yeah. I said, that's your daylight right there. I said it takes it's a process you gotta get a lot of pictures and a lot of information from the buck you're trying to hunt based on what you do and you know you're trying to figure out his reactions to everything you're doing now you're talking about daylight and like 
a nocturnal buck. Yes. My neighbor had a buck. He would always come through at like two in the morning, real big eight point. And it was, I think it was on my property, on the back part of my property. I let him hunt. I don't, I don't mind. That's just right here this down guy, over the hill. This guy? Uh-huh. Okay. And, uh, I don't know. He never did come out during the daylight, which I think this was also gun season. You're really not going to be able to daylight a buck during gun season. Not unless you're on it's a, a property tough. where they're not pressured. What's crazy is last year, during muzzleloader season, we caught a few bucks in the third rut. Because there's some mature deer. From my understanding, there's, you know, pre, if, during, if, and post. Yeah. If uh, if a buck still hasn't really, or if there's does that haven't been bred yet, the bigger bucks will stay on them. I've been told later. the same thing. Um. So you know, I'd already shot my buck. Gun week come around. I seen it. Seen a couple bucks. But I don't really see very many during gun week. I just, I don't really like gun week that much. I don't either. I couldn't tell you last time I hunted gun season, maybe two years ago. And then during muzzleloader, I don't know, I kind of screwed up. I wish I wouldn't have. There was, okay, my brother was down. Was this the one you missed on the pipeline by the food plot? Yeah, we didn't miss him. Just kind of should have had an opportunity, but we didn't get one because we jumped him. Oh, okay. So, he's down there, and that stand, that stand that he's in is probably 150 yards from the food plot. I walk across Cody's top, which is right above him. Figured, you know, if I kick something, it'll go down the hill. Mm -hmm. Probably go down to him. Well, the buck that I kicked up was real nice, but he went straight across Cary. Really? Went towards where I hunt. Well, no, more towards Dr. Hawes' property. Okay, so we went, in the grand scheme of things, left side is where I hunt, right side's Haas, straight across, splits in the middle, so he went right, straight across. Pretty much. And so, I was like, damn. I didn't know he was there. If I had circled back, maybe he would have went. He, you know, may, he may have circled back, Because it was right too. at the head of this bowl. He may have circled back behind you, too. No, he went straight across. Oh, you, you spooked him, spooked him. No, I mean, he didn't... It wasn't one of those things. He didn't snort or anything like that. He had his tail up or down? Up. up. He just straight ran. He bolted. So he, he was spooked. Yeah. But... So, I walked... I thought, man, maybe he did, you know, kind of cut down the hill or something. Because this bowl, a long carry... Has a finger that runs down. I don't know if he run down it or what. He didn't. I think he just went straight down the bank to the road and crossed it. And so then I followed, followed the front hill back around to him. Trying to cut him off. Yeah, and where James' property butts up against Coe's there, um, there was. Two bucks and two does on the gas line. Mm -hmm. I seen a buck and a doe drop down to the road, and then this car slowed down, 
I missed to a stop. On carry then, on bay? On bay. Okay. Then kept going again. So I'm thinking, oh, they just let him cross the road. I was like, sweet. You know, they're going to be headed this way. We got a muzzleloader. You know, we got a 100-yard shot. Easy. These two come across, and it kind of, I should have made my decision over him. He, when we met, um, there still wasn't no deer that appeared. And then we just kind of got to talking. He was like, he's like, oh, i seen these two go this way. Like, let's go this way. I'm like, okay. And I was just kind of like, okay, he's seen them. He's pretty confident about that. We'll go do that. We'll let him, you know, hunt his hunt. Not about 10 steps later, this buck and this dead same take two. off same way two. away from us. Same two deer. The two that I saw dropped down the road, and I was like, son God. I, I mean, I was like, I knew they crossed the road. I should have said, nope. I seen two cross the road. Let's just stand here. We would have stood there behind a bush or something. They would all crazy. He would eventually, because we were just basically right under this little power line. Mm. Just a... He was a good buck. A wood pole, two-line power line. Oh, yeah, he was real good. I, I'd have probably even shot him. <laughs> and um, if we just stayed behind that, uh, I would say crab apples. They're crab apples, but they're, or maybe hawthorns. Spider apples. Yeah, but they're they're not a thick bunch of them. There's just like some here and there. If we just stood behind one of them, this deer was probably 20, 30 yards when he jumped up or, and took off the other way. He had kept coming, and I, we had been guaranteed a shot. I just, I was so mad after that. I was like, man, we should have just, well, Woad, because it was getting close to dark too. It was in the evening, and I think it was the last day of muzzleloader. And it, there's there's no way you're chasing a buck. No, you're not doing it. Not smart to. I should have been like no. Because then after that, he uh, was talking about that. I was like, well, I seen two drop down the bank, and that's why that car slowed down because they crossed the road. He was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't see them two. I was like, yeah. Well, so that's the thing, though. You, you, you learn from past mistakes. So, oh yeah. I, I know your brother doesn't hunt much at all no. anymore. But I would like to give him a buck, though. I think he would, if he got that, you know, that initial. If he, he all it takes. It must be like a spark under your ass. It'd be, you know, yeah, something to light the fire. Kind of like with you, you know, that buck this year, you was nowhere near into this as you are now, from what I would have to say, and from what I've seen. Yeah. Now, this is like your second job, damn near. <laughs> that, that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always doing this shit now. Exactly. I'm always e-scouting or te messaging people, trying to get them on here, or, you know, I'm reading hunting regulations, or I'm watching shows to learn shit. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, it's kind of like me taking care of my boys. This is your lifestyle. And, I mean, I've got hobbies too. I like riding dirt bikes and whatnot. I just don't have as much time for that anymore. I like to put my family first.
So that's what I do. Yeah. I will tell you this, like, you know, I was very clear with my goal when I started this. You know, that there's five or six of us. I can never remember the exact number. I can name off everybody that's involved, um, but I can never remember the exact number. But well, the first thing I said was... I'd have to say five. There's Well, there's Steven, John, you, John Joe, Joe, Lane, me, and you. Lane asked just to be associate. He didn't want to be a part of it. Okay. Lane's a little camera shy. So there is six? Yeah. Kind of you. I mean, I am too. I don't like talking in front of a mic, stuff like that. Like, you seen my introduction video? I did that yeah, while you I was at like work. you look like you a corn cob up your ass. <laughs> no, I, I just, I don't know. I have been Your still wasn't as bad as Squints's though. I don't even know if I've seen it. Squints was like, 45 seconds straight up this is what I who I am what I do bye <laughs> and, and mine wasn't is, that long either but. okay so I haven't you know I, I, I've had a couple different guys on the podcast from you know our team and whatnot. you could just hear it in my voice that I was you should have heard the first couple episodes I did like, there's a reason I had Lane on for the first episode so I could work into it yeah cause I I've gotten, obviously, I've gotten used to talking on the microphone. Yeah. I've gotten used to talking in front of camera. Even, I, no, I still think, look at playback, I'm like, man, I look like a dipshit. Yeah. But I'm used to it now. Uh, what not. So, you know, when you guys send me those introductory videos and stuff, and like, I know every one of you very well. Mm-hmm. Every one of you very well. And that's why I also created a group chat so you guys get to know each other. And so, Stephen... Oh, I know John. Stephen, I've known longer... You, John, and Joe. I haven't met Steven yet, but big I'm sure Red. we'll get around we, it. We call him Big Red. He's a big dude. <laughs> big dude, but he's a teddy bear. He's yeah. a great guy. Um, so he's kind of the VP of this. Uh, he sends me videos to put on the show and whatnot all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Dude's always thinking about outdoors just like I am. Yeah. He has never killed a buck, but he's always in the woods, and he just... Thing, the cars haven't laid right for him yet. Uh-huh. They will eventually because he's been putting his work in. You yeah. know. Squints, he's not a deer hunter per se. He is a hunter. He'll go out and hunt whatever's in season. I'm sure you can name these lyrics. Yeah, the table's changed, but I'm still sitting at him. No, I can't. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right, I was going to say that. I don't know where the hell that went, but... So Squints is more of a farmer that enjoys to hunt when he can. It pertains with Stephen. And Joe, Joe loves the whitetail hunt. Mm-hmm. But he's not as dedicated to whitetail hunting as what I would say you and me are. Yeah, no. But Joe's yeah, Joe, very serious about Joe it. Joe definitely hunts. And, and, and when he does hunt, he's serious he, about he, it. You know, Joe likes to criticize his shots the last couple of years on the deer he's, he's shot. But at the same time, you know, you got to have those shots as much as they suck and you don't want the animal to suffer. you got to have certain shots like that to There's make you a wrong. better shot. There's nothing wrong with a little constructive criticism, too. Right. Some Sometimes, and, you know, you may accidentally, you may just not take the shot so serious as if you're target shooting and right. you just pull up and bang. Right. Whereas, no, okay, I'm shooting at an animal. I need to make it count. Right. 
And I think that's something, you know, I'm still having to work through because I haven't had very many opportunities with a deer in a compound. Yeah. I'm still working through it. You know, I'm, I'm excited for the challenge of it. I've missed a few. Whereas, you know, those guys are the way they hunt. You, you're a whitetail turkey hunter. That's what you are. Steven whitetails and turkey hunts and predator hunts. Joe is a whitetail hunter. Squints yeah, really... hunts mainly rabbit and squirrel. And he, Squints likes to fish just as much as anybody I know. He likes to go up to Lake Erie and walleye fish. Yeah. You know, Squints has his pluses to bring to the group as much as you or I do. Oh, yeah. I, I like to bring to variety. I like to whitetail hunt because of... I've grown to like that challenge of, you know, the chess match. I want to get as close as I possibly can and shoot them. But, you know, looking back three, four years ago, if you were to classify me as a hunter, you would classify me as a fair weather hunter. If it got too cold or too hot, I wasn't going. If I, I can't had, tell you, hunting in the rain probably ain't worth it because I did that last year. It's false. Uh, false. I didn't see a single one. Dear. You weren't in the right spot. I don't know. I was down. See, I don't like sitting in the down rain. Down by the food plot. I don't like sitting in the rain either. But there is certain times where hunting in the rain is so beneficial. There's so much more to it than, you know, just sitting on a food plot. It was also probably, I'd say more mid-October. It was right, it was a little before my birthday. Did you, was it a cold front coming through and you just ended up getting in the middle of the cold front to sit or... Was it just like a long, drawn-out rainstorm that's been there for a few days? It was a longer rainstorm. I don't know if it had been there for a few days, but it had at least been there through the night and like on and off through the day. Because so it's, the a, only lot, reason it's why a lot easier to hunt when it comes to, in terms of your scent, because the rain's going to wash away your scent so much faster, your thermals aren't going to be as much of a factor. Uh-huh. But... You can also sneak in there quieter. Oh, yeah. Which also means the deer are going to be able to sneak past you quieter. Yeah, you got to keep your eye out. Yeah. I just had a bug or something hit me in the face. It's a fly. Fucking fly. But, uh, yeah. So we've been at this two and a half hours. And this is by far the longest podcast I've had yet. And you you told me last week you didn't know what the hell to talk about on a podcast. I don't. We're just talking. That's all the podcast is. Yeah. Dudes being Pretty dudes, much. drinking beer, fucking bullshitting about deer. That's all it is. But uh, we'll have to continue this one on another episode. Maybe we'll record another one this weekend some point to put out another week. But two and a half hours, I don't know if we're going to have many listeners make it all the way through this. So. <laughs> I mean, you can make it part one and part two. We could. Uh, I'll probably just keep this one as part one, and then if we end up recording another one, then it'll be part two. Yeah. But oh, uh, yeah. yeah, so we're going to wrap up here. Um, if you want, you can tell them where to find you on social media. If not, you don't have to worry about it. I've about got it all. I've got Facebook. I've got Instagram, Twitter. Uh, my name is Zach Blake. That's with an H. It's G-A-C-H. And then my last name is spelled B-L-A-K-E. Feel free to add me. And uh, I post mostly about my family and maybe dirt bikes. 
a little bit about work. I run heavy equipment for a living. Pretty fun. I take pride in it. Sleeps for a living. No. But. But. All yeah, right. Well. That'll be all for now. I mean, you know, there's some obvious flaws to Zach. He drinks rice, rice water, and he sleeps for work. But. Oh, uh, God. So yeah, that that that's kind of how. You know, me and Zach have been best friends for a very, very long time. We've knocked the shit out of each other more than once. Um, he still swears he won every single one, but he's full of shit. Uh, but, you know, our passion for the outdoors, it's hard to judge it, but it's unmatched. It, it really is. It's unmatched. We both love being outside, whether we're hunting, fishing, or just walking around in the fucking woods. We both love it. More than we like, you know, sitting in a garage during a fucking party or something. Like, we, we'd rather be out in the woods doing something, something like that. But, uh, so we'll, we'll probably end up making this a part one, part two series since it came on this long. Um, and I, I'm sure there's more shit we could sit and bullshit about when it comes to hunting because his amount of knowledge in the whitetail woods and the knowledge I've accrued. We could sit and bullshit for hours. Now, whether you believe us and you take what we say to heart and you stick it into the woods and implement it into your hunting strategy, that's a whole nother world, another thing. Um, I take no credit or discredit for either one. I'm sure he does too. Um, so if you miss a deer based on something we said we do, that's not on us because, you know, what? it all depends on where you're at and how you implement it. Um, certain things work for us that we've done for years and we've learned from our deer herd because his herd and my herd are pretty much the same herd our hunt properties butt up against each other so uh, a lot of stuff that we do we do similar similar tactics and stuff because of that and you know we we kind of hunt some of the same deer some of the same bloodlines um so but with that being said you know he's still a fucking bonehead but then again, so am I. But uh, that, that's the whole part. You know, Grindstone Adventure is all about dudes being dudes, having fun, going hunting, passing down what we know to people that don't know a whole lot that they can learn from us. Um, so with that, this is uh, Grindstone Adventures episode 22. I'm here with Zach Blake, and I am Zach Fear. And you know what I always say? Go live your life, have fun, do what you're going to do, um, you know, have no zero days. Get out there and do something, no matter how big or small it is, to work towards your goals, whether that be your work goals, your family goals, or your hunting goals, or your fishing goals. Go do something small, you know, if it, it takes, you know, you shot a, you shot your bow once, or you, you were flipping jigs into a pop can, or you went to work today, or you went to the gym today, or... You, you took your family to the zoo today. It doesn't matter. Do something, something small every day. No zero days, all right? So go live your life. Have fun. Keep those zero days to a minimum. And we'll be back again with the next episode. So this is Grindstone Adventures, and we are out.